The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We live in a fast-paced, hectic world where it is easy to feel overwhelmed, stressed, and out of control. How do you manage all the competing pressures without losing your sense of yourself? How do you stay focused enough to not only plot a path, but follow it? Welcome to Master Your Life, a show that offers inspiration, insight, and intelligence, as well as success stories from many walks of life that can show you how you can control your own destiny. Our knowledgeable and entertaining hosts and their guests give practical advice that you can use every day in the quest to master your life. Now, here are your hosts, Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin. Welcome to Master Your Life. I'm Dr. Howard Rankin, along with my host, Leah Mattinson, today. Um, we have a great show for you today, as always. And as always, I'm going to ask Leah how her week was. How have you been? <laughs> I've had a fantastic week. I just found out that I am uh, going to be a grandma again, so I'm really excited wow. about that. And Yeah, yeah, just... Thank you. Yeah, I'm really, uh, yeah, just in, really enjoy that role. And so anyone who's a grandparent, I'm sure you can completely relate to actually how exciting um, that is. And also how, it cha- it, you know, you're anticipating change all the time. How about you, Howard? How has your week been? <laughs> um, it's been it's been good week. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I've just been uh, riding away here. Um, so uh, it's not been too stressful, which is good. And we were talking earlier about how each of us try to manage the stresses in our lives. And, uh, you know, you said something that I think was very important and very relevant to today's show, particularly as it relates to the time you found that you were gene positive for Huntington's disease. Yes, yes. We were, t- yeah, and we were talking about the very first thing that I did when I got the piece of paper in my hand was went, what? that can't be right Uh, Right. but instead of kind of we talk lots about emotional mastery on this show and and that really uh, many years ago I learned uh, actually a really good technique for staying you know kind of when you feel like there's something that's going to be stressful or overwhelming or whatever just to get into a meditative state and that I use that in my life all the time daily I, so I have meditated and I thought it was just since kind of I was 40 and I'm pushing 50 now hard <laughs> <laughs> but really it's, it's been since I was a, a child really that um, I've been meditating and just as I've been reflecting over this last uh, week of all the excitement of finding out about the new baby and just all the new changes in, that are going on in the family uh, just realized how lucky I am that I have actually had that um, skill or learned that skill really as a young girl kind of at an unconscious level and then professionally that I have just become more and more adept at it. So actually we were talking about it, the whole uh, meditation thing in the house here this past week and just the family, the rest of the family members are going, 
well, we don't know how to meditate. That's too hard. It's like you have to sit in the middle of a room, you know, and get all <laughs> cross-legged. And believe me, my cowboy hubby couldn't get cross-legged if he tried. <laughs> but, but he says, so he says that, um <laughs> like, don't you have to sit in a dark room and kind of put your, you know, touch your finger and your thumb together and go, oh, he goes, I can't, I can't quiet my mind enough. And, and I was actually surprised. <laughs> I was like, what? That's actually what you think meditation is about. So uh, clearly we need to talk more about that meditation is, is a much more accessible thing and why would people, people do it? No, Howard, you've written extensively on it. So what's your kind of thoughts about meditation? Have you been meditated a lot? Have you used it as a tool for yourself? Um, yes, I have. And, and I think we should start out by saying when we're talking about meditation, we're really encompassing sort of a variety of different techniques. There's, there's numerous schools, if you will, of meditation that go back um, many years. And if readers are interested in, in find, uh, listeners are interested in finding out about that, you know, there's plenty of resources. But at the core of these exercises is the ability to slow your mind because our mind goes 100 miles an hour all the time. We're processing stuff all the time. We're generating stuff all the time. And we need mm -hmm. to be able to get out of that state into a much more relaxed, controlled state where we are controlling what is going on in our mind rather than the other way around which is really what happens a lot. And I do believe that skill, whether you call it mindfulness or meditation or what have you, is absolutely a critical life skill. Because if you're just going to be subject to all the chatter that goes on in your head all the time without being able to calm it down and control it, your life's going to be really stressful. And uh, you're probably not going to be very healthy. So for yeah, me, yeah, and I think the bigger outcomes of that stuff is kind of the bigger outcome of that is not like just stress; it's the, how it manifests itself. So the in the day to day things of like not sleeping, not getting a good night's sleep, not being able to slow down enough to have make good decisions, but stress also affects us really at this physical level of you know having increased heart disease. Uh, increased, um, even how we respond in, in our nutrition, how we eat, how we comfort ourselves, which can then, you know, get complicated and, and uh, create weight problems and all, and all these other things. So there's just huge spinoff when people um, are not able to get emotional mastery uh, around things because life's hard, like life's challenging. We have lots of things that come up day to day um, that if we haven't figured out how to navigate through those difficult things and difficult can be usually like that it's something we haven't experienced before like it's a new thing it's a change we didn't anticipate a surprise we you know and surprises people go oh, I love surprises well not usually it's usually it's love the surprises that you you know want <laughs> sometimes that's not the surprises that we get so um, really learning the whole meditation thing which has been around for thousands of years meditative practices have been around for thousands of years and, and so why do they keep coming up and why do they keep being relevant? Well, because they work. Yeah. Right. So that's the amazing uh, and, thing. Yes. And, and, and I've been writing about this this week, so it's very much on top of my mind. I think this is to do with happiness too, right? Uh, if you look at 
um, happiness around the world, and there's been lots of studies. In fact, there's sort of almost annual reports from a variety of organizations about happiness and uh, how many people in different countries, you know, say they're happy and why they are and why they're not. If you look at why they're not, those are the things that we would call stresses. Right, so money often comes up, satisfaction, relationships, you know, all the sorts of things that can stress us out, and and if you think about it that way, because we because we, we always like to focus on stress and the negative, but if you think about it that way, what that is doing is preventing you from finding happiness, and and the research on happiness shows that that real happiness is is really about big picture things. It's not really about money, although we certainly can say financial stress, you know, is very difficult, and it's going to be difficult to be happy if you have financial stress. However, the flip side, oh, if you have all the money you want, you're going to be happy, is not true. So, you know, it works to a certain point. Daniel Kahneman, the psychologist working on cognitive neuroscience, says that money is a factor up to like $75,000 a year, and after that it doesn't matter in terms of happiness. Um, and so the things that people talk about being happy is having some control of their life, control of their destiny, doing things that are meaningful to them, helping other people. Those are the things that define happiness. And meditation can help you get there by giving you control over the things that stress you and manage that. Yes, I think I completely agree. And helping other people curiously um, contributing to other people links into meditation in an interesting way. Uh, there's been some scientific research done on meditations, and it's an interesting thing about science. Like meditation, we we know meditation works, and then we've known meditation has worked for uh, you know thousands of years, and there's much evidence of that in just the outcome of um, meditation that people live longer. You know, so when you look at people who are you know, the Tibetan monks and the yogis and uh, all those types of folks, their longevity is just much um, different than ours. And granted, they don't have the day-to-day stressors or they're different stressors than what we have just in terms of busyness, perhaps. Um, what they've been able to show is just people really have lived a long time. And science just kind of recently has got into being able to study what exactly kind of is happening in the human body when meditation happens uh, and and so now there's all this scientific research coming out to support actually how much meditation even changes us at the cellular level so it, it also can help us not just with happiness but with also um, health like how being a healthy individual starts really at this very cellular level yeah, and it's interesting going back to that happiness thing. Um, you know, the factors that seem to impact happiness and prevent people, as we said, uh, money, um, job dissatisfaction, relationship issues, physical health, and mental health. And guess which one actually accounts for most of the variance in happiness? It's mental health. It's anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. That is the biggest factor that prevents people from being happy. And as a result, obviously anything that we can do that is going to reduce anxiety, depression, stress is going to be really beneficial. And there have been, you know, a number of research studies that show pretty conclusively that, you know, meditation in its broadest sense can definitely reduce anxiety, 
definitely re reduce depression. I've seen I've seen um, some studies that say the effect is at least as good as medication, if not better. Um, so the, the 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 data is out there that meditative practice absolutely can reduce stress and give you some emotional control. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this and I would agree, and I would say like in addition to that. Research I've seen and heard about is that meditation is more effective than medication, and uh, it has what side effects? Hmm. What side effects does meditation have? <laughs> right. You know I mean, <laughs> nothing. Nothing that you see, like when we watch TV and we see the side effects of all the medications that people take for things. Hmm. You know, short of you know. <laughs> You know, you might die as a result right, of taking right, right. this medication. Yep. But yep. meditation, the side effects are, you know, that just exactly what we've been talking about. Happiness, uh, more connectedness, calmness, uh, um, you know, the ability to problem solve and decision make better, you know, in a better state of mind. Yeah, the, the you only, more to add to that, Howard? Yeah, yeah, the only negative that you see about meditation um, is 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 called the dark night syndrome or the dark night of the soul, um, and and really that applies to maybe only a few people when they try to do meditation very intensively where they haven't done it before, and I think when you do that if you haven't done it before and you go to like a very intense workshop or training and you're doing it for days at a time, um, there are issues that can come up like you know trauma can come up um you can get you can get into really deep states that uh you know may be problematic so you know all the evidence i've seen and, and the recommendations i've seen from the experts is you know for the novice for the beginner it's totally totally safe don't do try don't try and do way way more than that to begin with and if you are having some serious issues and troubles or you've had just something really traumatic happen to you you know get some help for that too in conjunction with doing meditation but apart from that which doesn't happen very often there are no side effects except good ones right yes and so uh the the reasons for doing meditation i think also are more than just for yourself when you're when you're you know able to calm yourself down or you're able to get into a state where you're not taking on other people's stuff which is what meditation is is almost like a protective coating in mm -hmm. a way it's your it's your superman <laughs> it's your superman or wonder woman outfit that provides you this ability to actually walk through the world without um, grabbing on to every negative thing that is floating past. Um, uh, I had a re really great analogy um, from someone much wiser than me. It was the, uh, picturing themselves like a little a person in a canoe. And that, you know, you're floating down the river in your canoe and you can see all these words or activities happening um, uh, you know, uh, from the shoreline. And that as you're floating in your canoe, you notice them, you observe them, but you really don't like reach out and grab Right. anything that is floating past you, you just stay with your hands in the canoe and let the river carry, <laughs> carry you right. through that. And that's a very yep. different experience than what we create for ourselves during the day when we get up and as soon as the first thing that happens, we're grabbing onto whatever the next stress or the drama or the trauma is. You know, it's right. turning on the TV, we see lots of things that we get engaged with and lit up with um, emotionally 
that really have not a single thing to do with us. So, but right. we've been very much conditioned to um, look for that. I don't even know if it's look for that stimulation, but to get distracted in all mm-hmm. of these um, things that are not, they, they don't light us up at a happy level. They light us up at the level of fear, concern, worry, exhaustion. So even before we get out of the house, many times we're mm-hmm. you know, frustrated, exhausted, um, annoyed. Right, <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah. I, th- I think the canoe uh, metaphor is really a good one. And and what for most of us life is like, we set out in a canoe and we see something on the left bank. So we go over there and check that out. Then we see something on the right bank and we go there and check that out. And then there's something behind us. So we got to go back <laughs> and check that out. I mean, that's what's happening mentally. We're, la- we're rubbernecking, if you like, our way through life latching on to whatever source grabs our attention at any time and i do believe that's how a lot of us in today's world live because there's so many things competing for our attention as we said we're just kind of rubbernecking which is a waste of energy you're not training your brain to be very effective um training attention to be poor and this is why these are all the things that meditation can reverse um, it definitely is going to improve your concentration and attention because part of it is staying focused. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and, you know, staying focused mm-hmm. and keeping and your hands this, in the I, canoe. Yes, and also rubbernecking causes lots of physical injury that we don't, we don't yes, need to participate that's right. in. So, that's right, that's so right. as we kind of go into break, we'll, we'll uh, talk about uh, just about the, like how our head has really taken over in this day and age how we think a lot and we don't have a great heart brain union that would help us to like how do we create a heart brain union and why would it matter so on the other side of the break we'll be talking about the heartbreak union change your world change your life voiceamericaempowerment.com If you've been searching for fat loss and mental clarity in one place, think ketosis. Maybe you've heard about a ketogenic diet but have been totally turned off by the painstaking effort to do it. Well, agonize no longer because there is a solution. What could be just as simple and easy as taking your daily vitamins? Visit reallifetraining.expert to find out. Raise your hand and get in on the front end of the total wellness revolution. Get well, manage your mood, clear your mind. Visit reallifetraining.expert now. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
You are tuned in to Master Your Life. To reach Leah Mattinson, Dr. Howard Rankin, or their guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to Leah. That's L-E-A-H-A at changeyourlife.expert. Now, back to Master Your Life. Welcome back to Master Your Life. I'm Leah Mattinson, joined by my co-host, Dr. Howard Rankin, and today we're talking about the benefits of meditation. Uh, before the break, we were talking about the heartbreak union, which actually I meant <laughs> the heart-brain union. <laughs> so we're not going to talk about heartbreak today, but we are going to talk about heart-brain union. And just to kick it off, Howard, maybe we could pick up on your uh, kind of what we were talking about in the last break, the general state of rubbernecking and, and what that causes in the brain. Yeah, so we live in a society where there are so many things competing for attention. You know, if you and and we see we've been trained now to seek them out. So you get up in the morning and the first thing you do is you look at your email and you look at the news and you check Facebook and you do all this stuff. You know, and you're only just awake. You know, um, and while you're doing that, you know, the human brain can only focus on one thing at a time we can task switch you know rapidly but can only focus on one thing at a time so while you're focusing on facebook or the news or whatever it is that's all that's dominating your mind that's what you're putting into your head and there's giving in a way this is simply reactive we are reacting to the stimuli around us rather than experiencing different things you know Experience, but what? But what some people may say is that I'm just being present, Howard. <laughs> so, so what's well, the difference well, between well, what well, you're what talking you... about and actually being living in the now? Because the question is, are you really being present? Are you, aren't you just simply reacting and being controlled by external stimuli, rather than you taking control and turning off, if you will? The processing part of the brain. You know, we've had Dave Seaver on the show talk about brain training, and this might be helpful. You know, in very generally, there are four major brain waves. Delta, about one to four cycles per second, which is really a sleep brain wave when you're asleep. Theta waves, about five to eight cycles per second, a very light sleep or a meditative state. Alpha, 9 to 12 or 13 cycles per second, is sort of being awake, but sort of relaxed, relaxed mindfulness. And above 13 cycles per second, we have beta, which is processing, which is thinking, which is, if you like, rubbernecking. Um, And what's really interesting about that is, you know, beta wave processing, maybe 18, 19 cycles a second. When you get up into the 20s, oh, that's now stress. When you get beyond that, that's actually obsessiveness. When you get beyond that, that's delusional. And so those beta waves are just our mind processing, 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 processing all the time. And after you, you can't be, or you can be, but you're going to collapse. You can't be in beta all the time. We need to shift the activity in our brain down into that lower range where we can relax and turn off processing, turn off the motor. And and one of the things that the research actually in meditation has shown is there's part of the brain that is responsible for that sort of rubbernecking called the default mode network. It's, it's all the jumble of thoughts that go in our head. And what researchers found, especially with experienced meditators, the amount of activity in their default mode network is way less 
than people who don't meditate. So what meditation is doing is turning off that processing, turning off the chatter. Uh, and, and really, we do need to do that for many reasons. Right, and we hear many like people complaining about, I can't sleep because I can't shut off my head. I can't... Um, I'm not sure how what decision to make because I have so many you know things whirling around in my head and it's kind of like whirling disease you know you have this parasite mm-hmm. in there that is all of these thoughts that if you're it's we're we're given so many choices every day and the human brain has been shown to not function well in a vast array of choices we do great with one or two <laughs> and so right. it's the it's the ability to kind of um, get your own uh, self your yourself clear of all of that um, um, chaos in in your head. So when we so we know that this is the state of being. I just love for people to think about like how many hours a day do you actually spend in this state yourself, where you feel like your head is whirling, where your thoughts are whirling, where it's paralyzing. Because if you feel that um, pain just a little bit. Like if you understand it, like as you're going through the day, you kind of go through the day on autopilot. But when you really think about, like, when does this show up in my life and how is it affecting me? Uh, then the tactics or the tips and tricks and tools that we're going to share as we go through the rest of the show are going to be more meaningful to you. And you'll remember them. You know, you'll remember to try one or two of them. Um, but when you go to bed tonight, if you've been in chaos mode as you've listened to the show today, you might even you might even just forget it might just completely slip out of your out of your mind that there's a solution that's actually readily available and not that difficult right and and the thing about you know this and this sort of chatter that goes on in your head it's so consuming that what we lose is the ability to analyze you know if we have a thought oh Oh, we just, you know, immediately assume that's right and emotionally react to it and then move on to the next one. What we've lost is the ability to say, wait a minute, I have that thought in my head, but does that really make sense? I mean, how, what other ways are interpreting it? How, I mean, how can I look at, but we don't, we don't seem to have time to do that because we're just reactive. And, and that is, is really critical, uh, I believe, to a healthy life and a successful life and a happy life. Yeah, and I also want to pick up on the thread here of how much we've talked about what we think about and that uh, meditation is actually a connection between the heart and the brain. So there's this heart-brain union that happens and the heart has actually got little sensory neurons in it. And you go, what? Why would, it, why would the heart have this, these sensory neurons? Well, actually in meditation... Um, there's this heart-brain union that has to happen. And this, so scientists have looked at the communication between the heart and the brain, and the scientists actually call these sensory neurons, um, they, the, they call them the little brains of our heart. So we have these little sensory neurons that are the little brains of our heart. And when we're quiet and meditative, the heart actually is the thing that does the primary largest amount of communication. So when it comes from our heart, it's a how you know something is from your heart is that when you ask your heart a question, the answer is simple. It's like a yes, no. It's the brain comes up with all these big stories. Uh, and that's how we get caught in the thinking of things and not in the quietness of 
uh, truth in our hearts. So when we meditate, this connection becomes very strong. And then we can hear with clarity what our heart is telling us are the things that are, you know, kind of right or wrong to do. So I'll often have clients come to me and say, well, what should I do in this circumstance? Or what should I do in that circumstance? And I say, well, you ha- you are actually the one that has that answer. And you, you need to be able to hear what your heart is saying. And you're so busy living in your head that you don't trust yourself because you know that your head makes up a whole bunch of stories all the time. And we talk about this cognitive dissonance, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the head taking over and making up stories. But when we... T- tap into meditation, it taps into these sensory neurons and it opens up the communication between the heart and the brain. And, the, and then the heart's communication is uh, always from a place of nature. It is always from a place of what is actually best for you. Um, and so when we, when we learn meditation, all of a sudden we start hearing this different communication that's happening, this communication that's um, like nurturing and positive and full of gratitude and very centered and truthful. Uh, and so we we get out of the ties of all of the things that our brain tells us to do that are okay or permissive or, or whatever. And instead we get into this heart space um, that I'm sure listeners have heard about that term. Like I'm in my heart space. When I'm operating from my heart, my life seems to go much better, much more smoothly and, and so this meditation brings you into a heart space very, very quickly. And from that position, uh, happiness happens instantly. So yeah. it's not this thing that's far off in the distance. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think that's right. And the ability to slow processing down and just experience without judgment, without analysis without processing a lot of people you know we have that in childhood i think and you were talking about that earlier mm-hmm. about how you, as a child you naturally did that um and i think i could definitely relate to that too we have that in childhood but then we lose it unfortunately and um that is really really a a, a critical critical ability and it's uh, You know, spirituality, you know, I say is the opposite of narcissism because I think it is. I think that when you allow yourself to sort of get outside your own head and just experience and not judge and not process and not rationalize and not all of that stuff, just experience it, you know, typically what happens is there is, you do feel a much greater connection to other living things. You do rise above your own ego, if you will. And I think that's where meditation ties into the spiritual part of this as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And why is that important? Well, you know, we talked about happiness at the beginning, and I think that mm-hmm. happiness and spirituality are, are really connected. You know, a lot of people think of happiness as sort of fleeting pleasure. I'm having a good time. That's that's fleeting pleasure. That's not happiness. Um, and and. As I say, the research says that happiness is about this connection with other people. It is about compassion. Happiness is about feeling fulfilled, controlling your destiny. And, um, you know, we're so so consumed with pursuing things rather than these sorts of mental states. You know, we don't get it. I was thinking earlier that one definition of that one example of that is if you see experts in something, they could be, you know, a brilliant pianist or they could be a brilliant athlete, 
you know, what they talk about is being in the zone, which means the pianist is, is doing these complicated motor movements, but they're not thinking about that. They're not thinking mm-hmm. about that at all. They're not thinking about, oh, i got to move this hand here. They're not thinking about that. That's what practice is for. They're doing that naturally. What they are is they are captured by the music. They are experiencing it. That's what's, they're in the zone, if you like. That's what we call mm-hmm. the zone. And, and when you get really good at something, that's what you're able to do. You can, you can stop thinking about how am I meant to do this or how am I doing that's a state of mindfulness. Um, there's a, a, a psychologist um, with a very strange name. I guess he's Hungarian, Mihaly, Sixth Cent Mihaly, who talks about flow. Mm-hmm. He talks about flow, that experience of the moment. You, 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 your motor action, your brain is doing that on autopilot. What you're experiencing is the performance, if you will. And you can't get there without a lot of practice. And mindfulness, meditation, the sorts of things we're talking about help you do that. And it's if you've ever been in that state, you realize what an amazing place that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think uh, also just to mention that uh, meditation is not only for reaching states of happiness or flow. It also is the conduit to super learning and deep intuition. Uh, so people who are interested in, well, how do I learn more? How do I, um, how do I become more intuitive? Meditation is the tool in order to access those things that seem like um, inaccessible to many. Uh, again, we had a guest on that just shared a story about going to university and watching somebody in his class um, who didn't take any notes. And he was just couldn't get over this. And class after class after class, he went with her uh, and just watched. And then he approached her one day and said, like, what is it that you don't, why don't you need to take notes? And it's because she had a deep meditative practice and had this ability to literally remember everything that went on in class. And he was mm-hmm. so um, intrigued by that, that he actually joined the, the class that she was in. And he became uh, proficient as well and also didn't need to know, it's like his learning completely changed. So Uh, meditation, you know, not only brings happiness, peace, flow, but it also opens up our ability to trust ourselves to learn things and to listen to our heart, listen to our intuition. Uh, So I just think there's just so many positive aspects uh, to meditating that it's, it's hard to believe that we still carry these thoughts in our mind, like my guy who, who, you know, was thinking that it's going to be an hour and it's going to be sitting cross-legged. And that's why it's important to talk about actually that meditation is all these other things, all these other cool things. And uh, that it takes practice to do meditation, but it doesn't take much practice to do meditation. And it's much simpler than what we have, you know, maybe have old ideas about what meditation was um, or that it's one particular thing. Uh, but meditation can be done in three minutes that can absolutely change things in in a very short period of time in your life. Uh, so just looking forward to talking about more of those things. And Howard, I know that you have um, some really great techniques and tips for our, our listeners as well. So when we come back on the other side of Master Your Life, we'll be talking about um, what are some of these things that you can apply in your everyday life to bring to yourself happiness, uh, flow, deep learning 
deep intuition and then how you can that will change not only your life but the life of the people who are in your atmosphere and looking forward to that on the other side of the break success starts here voiceamericaempowerment.com it's your world If you've been searching for fat loss and mental clarity in one place, think ketosis. Maybe you've heard about a ketogenic diet but have been totally turned off by the painstaking effort to do it. Well, agonize no longer because there is a solution. What could be just as simple and easy as taking your daily vitamins? Visit reallifetraining.expert to find out. Raise your hand and get in on the front end of the total wellness revolution. Get well, manage your mood, clear your mind. Visit reallifetraining.expert now. Live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Get motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are tuned in to Master Your Life. To reach Leah Mattinson, Dr. Howard Rankin, or their guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to Leah. That's L-E-A-H-A at changeyourlife.expert. Now, back to Master Your Life. Welcome back to Master Your Life. I'm co-host Dr. Howard Rankin, along with my host, Leah Mattinson. And today we've been talking about meditation in its broadest sense, mindfulness, and, and some of the benefits. And in this section, we're going to get a little more practical because uh, there's a lot of misconception, a myth about you know, what you have to do in meditation. But before we get into that, Leah, let me just summarize the things that we do know, the benefits of meditation. Uh, we know that it can preserve uh, the aging brain. In other words, it, it, it can slow down aging. Uh, we know it prevents mind wandering and gives you some control over what's going on in your mind and how you process things. Uh, we know that it can improve concentration and attention. We know that it can uh, reduce significantly anxiety and depression. And, and of course, there are, I don't want to bore you with science, but there are studies that show brain changes in meditators. For example, um, 
the amygdala, which is a, a structure in the brain that processes uh, fear and emotions, um, shrinks uh, in very experienced meditators. So the brain actually changes. There's there's other examples of the hippocampus, which is a, a big structure in the brain, actually grows, uh, which we assume has got to do with emotional control and learning and cognition. So there's unquestionably major, major benefits from practicing this. So let's talk about practical things. When perhaps you first got into it, what were you doing? What are some of the challenges you had with it? And then I'll share some of my experiences too. Sure. Well, I think uh, we alluded to it earlier. I was a really early meditator. (laughs) So (laughs) as a very young girl, I would go out, I grew up on a farm and I would go out to the meadow. We actually had a meadow. Uh, We'd go to the meadow and would just lay in the grass and listen to um, kind of the wind blow through the grasses and notice the colors and the smells. And uh, really, it was very much, you could, I could even hear the wind blowing through um, the glasses or grass or the breeze blowing through the grass. And the communication, you just get very quiet and all you hear is that. All I could, would hear is what was going on with the earth and almost feel like I was part of the earth, like sinking into the earth. Mm-hmm. And that very connected as the sun and it could be warm or cool because I did it often because it felt really good. And, um, I also definitely recall my children doing the same thing. Uh, you know, we see kids do that naturally. They'll go out and lay in the grass and they'll just lay there, lay there and bask in, in the, whatever is happening in the moment of nature. So when we train ourselves as little people, um, to access that, that very peaceful state, uh, then we do feel connected to like the earth, mother nature, to kind of the higher consciousness, even to the sparkles of sunlight. Uh, and uh, so that was kind of my first, I would yeah. say, exposure to untrained meditation. Yeah, that, and that's a great image and a story of lying out in the grass under a tree watching um, the clouds and the sun. It reminds me of the story of Albert Einstein, who was doing that very thing, sitting under a tree one day, and there were shafts of light coming through the clouds. And he was looking at that and experiencing that and just watching it. And then a thought popped into his head. I wonder what it would be like to ride on a sunbeam. And that actually is the basis mm-hmm. of his theory of relativity. Um, so, so perhaps mm-hmm. one of the things we should add to you know, that sort of meditative state is creativity, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're not yes. you're not yes. bounding your experience by preconceived thoughts and judgments. You're just open to experiencing it. And so, I, I, I'm sure creativity is a byproduct of meditation too. Yes, I completely agree. And accessing other dimensions, um, you know, so you're not, you know, you're as as odd as that sounds. I guess maybe there's we often think of ourselves as kind of very like three dimensional, uh, but when we're in nature, we we most people report that they feel connected to something else that they can understand that there's a connection there that they can't necessarily put words around, uh, but yep. it's like this whole. Yeah, whole, wholeness that they don't experience in their own separate lives, a wholeness, a connectedness, and a deep knowing and a deep love is often the word that's used, you know, that the highest level of achievement in meditation is when you feel um, completely that you're giving love and receiving love, like love is kind of the ultimate end goal of the medita- of meditation, which is not supposed to have a goal, I realize that, but that's the, that mm. is the end 
uh, of, you know, the beam, so to speak. So, um, yeah, so that would be the first practice as a young girl. And then in university, and I kept doing that throughout my whole life. We we were outside all the time. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, And so just like I say, unbeknownst to me, that's what I was doing. And then in university, I was in in a class, a drama class, and our drama teacher uh, taught us actually progressive muscle relaxation. Mm -hmm. And and the way that she taught it, there was a meditative component to it. So that's where I first really learned about breathing techniques that are used in uh, different sorts of meditation. Maybe you can speak more to that, Howard, because I know you've done a lot of research around that. And that was interesting because actually, in some ways, that was my first formal introduction to it as a, uh, I was doing my master's degree in clinical psychology and um, clearly doing some practical work. And I remember being taught how to do progressive muscular relaxation. And and for those of you who don't know what that mm-hmm. is, basically what you do is you go through different muscle groups, typically from the top of your head to your toes. So let's say your facial muscles and the instructor would say, okay, I want you to screw your facial muscles up as tight as you can feel all the tension in your muscles feel all that tension around your eyes and your mouth now let it go just relax and then you let that go and the contrast in feeling between muscle tension and relaxation you know is very noticeable so you notice that relaxation and you gradually work down your body neck shoulders you know torso uh, legs feet and when you do that what you're doing is you're concentrating on one thing, which is that difference in the feeling of tension in your body. And so that was my first um, exposure to it. And then, because adding, focusing on your breathing and doing deep breathing. And um, so that's how I really got into it. And I, found, I personally found those tools, as well as the other one, very, very helpful. I mean, very, very helpful. I remember um, some time ago now, uh, my second son was I was in the hospital. My wife was ready to deliver my second son. Um, mm. and, and my first son, of course, uh, regular listeners will know I've mentioned to this before, is autistic. And so here's my son mm-hmm. coming out. And, of course, my worst fear would be that um, this this young baby is going to be disabled too, and I almost got into a panic attack, and because uh, I know you know babies can do any literally any minute, and so I sat down and I found a place in the waiting room to sit down, and just went through you know focused breathing, breathing in, breathing out, and I have to say it really worked, <laughs> um, and I was able to calm myself enough for the delivery. Um, yeah, and you know. The the thing about that is you can't wait till you're in a crisis to start doing that. You have to practice it and practice it, practice it, because it's not that easy just to drop into it. If I hadn't been exposed to that previously, I don't think that would have worked at all. But because I was in the habit of doing it, you know, my body could quickly go there and calm down. Yeah, and I think that's so it, – it's interesting. The progressive muscle relaxation, I'll just back up a little bit because if you do that one when you're laying down, um, that you you're you think about sinking further and further and further into the floor or into the bed or into the whatever thing you're laying on. So when we took it when I took it originally in drama class, we were laying on a hard floor. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if we had yoga mats. 
<laughs> but as as I took that skill forward, I I could sleep anywhere, literally. <laughs> so you know, however many yep. years yep. later, I could yep. sleep I could sleep outside camping on a picnic table if I needed to and be comfortable. Mm-hmm. So it was just a, my, I have lots of people in my life go, how the heck can you sleep there? <laughs> I go, right. well, because I learned how to do this thing where you just melt into right. whatever it is that you're laying on. Yeah, right. and yeah. then with the it's that whole labor thing is an interesting thing because I Mm -hmm. use that meditation during Mm -hmm. I have two children and absolutely during uh, labor Mm -hmm. I was meditating and I didn't need any drugs I didn't like none of that so um, and I was very quiet it was a very quiet Mm -hmm. sort of experience because I could go internal and um, just use the breath to kind of handle what was going on with my body and also to take myself out of um, and out of the experience that was happening in my body and into love, like knowing that this divine experience that was happening is the most, it's a miracle uh, that, you know, this, and mm-hmm. so being of mm-hmm. that mindset mm-hmm. or that thought mm-hmm. very much changes the spirit. And there yes. was no anxiety, like no yeah. anxiety, no fear, just um, like some discomfort for sure, but right. being able to knowing that right. my body was, um, just knowing that my body was uh, made to do this and that this miracle was happening and that I was the one that was actually blessed with the miracle of having this baby and that I was just wanted to bring the baby in with as much quietness and peace. And th- so all of those things um, happening at a very um, meditative state. Right. Uh, right. Were, so it made the whole experience completely different. Um, yep. Really, yeah, very, very different than what I hear a lot of people talk about. Yeah, um, for sure. For sure. So, so for, for listeners who are interested in doing this, um, one mm-hmm. of the things to know is this is not about, uh, as you said earlier, getting in some complicated yoga position and trying to make your mind go <laughs> blank. Mind go blank. You're not right. going to be there yet. Maybe down the road you can get there, but that's not. You don't have to do that. What you have to do is get in a quiet position. You're not going to be interrupted, so turn the phone off, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then there are a variety of things you can do. One I like is just listen to all the different sounds you can hear. Just put your attention in one place in your ears, and as you're doing that, don't try to analyze the sound. Don't try to remember. Just try to experience it. You know, get your focus on one thing because making your mind go completely blank is difficult and you're going to get frustrated doing that. Uh, Another way of doing that is simply focusing on you. Just breathe in and out slowly. Focus on the breath going in and out of your body. Frankly, that's one I use if if there are occasions I'm having difficulty getting to sleep. I use that. It works a lot. Um, And so it's about let's focus on one thing. And you can do that for a few minutes. Sometimes you'll do it better than others, but it will. you will learn it and you will benefit from practice. I've really liked your canoe one. I think that's a good one. Going down, let all the thoughts float by you. You're not going to engage in them. I really like that. So those sorts of simple exercises are where you definitely start and can be beneficial right off the bat. And in terms of the breathing exercises, one of the things that I helped, found helped me um, was understanding that we breathe usually with the top half of our chest and we don't breathe with our belly at all. So learning how to belly breathe, which sounds, it's easy. It's an easy thing to do is place, place awareness of that part of your body. Um, put your hand on your belly. And when you breathe in, try to inflate your belly. And then when you breathe out, deflate your belly. And it's just that even bringing your mindfulness or your awareness to your belly um, helps to, again, it's like bring oxygen into your whole body 
and not just keep at this soup, this kind of shallow breathing thing, which which is not going to take you into a state of meditation. That's just going to make you go, oh, I'm breathing from my chest. <laughs> right. So, right. so bring right. awareness to the belly. And there's right. another favorite one I have, which is just so a three minute meditation. And we won't do it because we only have about three minutes left. <laughs> but it's it's a meditation to connect and awaken this heart brain union that we were talking about in the second segment. And so it's specifically three minutes. Um, and very simply, you bring awareness to your heart, just like I was saying, bring awareness to your tummy by touching it. You bring awareness to your heart by putting your hand on your heart. And you do some deep breathing, some nice cleansing breaths. And all you focus on for that three minutes is what you're grateful for and sending compassion to somebody else that's maybe in a difficult situation or just feeling compassion, um, thinking about thoughts that are caring and having appreciation for things. And that those are the four things that you think about. Um, if it helps to bring awareness to that, it's like write yourself a little list and put it on the fridge and stand as you do this heart meditation for three minutes. But they've shown scientifically 72 hours later that this has an impact on a cellular level. Three minutes of meditation and such a simple thing to do. You know, touch your heart, breathe a little bit and focus on what you're grateful for, what you feel compassionate about, what you care about and what you're appreciative of. So, Howard, I'm appreciative of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, and I'm appreciative see, of you. See, look at how mellow, how, see how soft a person see, gets when yeah. you're thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, again, It's amazing. It's amazing. I would, I would simply encourage listeners to just take a few minutes each day to do this. Um, at first, you're probably going to have a lot of intrusive thoughts, but stick with it because practice will will benefit you and you will find it easier and easier and you'll find some amazing experiences and I think you can improve all these things that we've talked about you know anxiety stress concentration attention and so forth yeah and if you're still a doubter I just want to interject this as well as just recently I saw uh, a report that a school has actually instituted meditation instead of detention and the effect on the student body is absolutely unprecedented. Like they have got, the detention rates have almost gone to zero. Like the kids getting in trouble, um, having difficulty in school, attention problems, all of that has, has diminished to the point where it is almost non-existent. Uh, so it's powerful not only to do it for yourself, but also teaching, you know, once you learn how to do this, it's fun to do it as a family. It's fun to do it. I do this with my grandson. Um, and it's mm. not a formal thing. It's just teaching him how to, um, you know, let go, have fun, lay in the grass, uh, you know, those types of things. So you really can take this to another level by not only implementing it yourself for a few minutes a day, but also encouraging your family to do it. Yeah, and I think it's great to teach young kids uh, at, at all ages. This will benefit people at all ages. So, um, any last words, Leah? I think this has been, uh, I've certainly enjoyed it. Um, I hope it's been helpful to our listeners and they take what we've been saying literally to heart and in practice. Right, <laughs> literally to heart. <laughs> wonderful, 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 yes. And so... Uh, Join us next time for insight, inspiration, and intelligence on Master Your Life. Thank you for being a part of our show today. Master Your Life with Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin can be heard every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go enjoy your successful life.
thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.